Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry Orr standing in for Vanessa and Daryl Carter standing in for TC. They've both been self-certain. Uh, sick notes have been verified. So, uh, Daryl, welcome to the show. It's your first time on Racing Only Better. First of many, I hope. It is the debut. Thank you very much for having me. Hopefully I can provide a winner or two and not put in a, a poor performance. Well, you have very small shoes to fill, so uh, <laughs> you'll be okay in that department. I'm only joking, TC. Brendan, how are you? Well, I'm I, well. I'm delighted uh, that Daryl has, has has joined us, Barry. But I'm I'm a little bit disappointed. I must admit that that, that Tony isn't here because uh, I I wanted to have a, have a word with him. Um, you you will have noted it'd be it'd be, it'd be hard not to notice. Vanessa's done a, a great job at simmering. Uh, escalating tensions on on, on weighed in uh, uh, between my, my, myself and Tony's. There's been a lot of alpha male posturing. Uh, he's <laughs> been openly dismissive of those of us who use paddock observations as part of our betting strategy. I, I think that's a fair uh, statement. Yes, but pejoratives <laughs> such as useless have, have been used. Well, the, the gauntlet was well and truly laid down on Monday show, Barry. Well and truly laid down. But he challenged me to provide my paddock notes for Nace. And your boy only came up with two double-figure price winners to put them back in his box. <laughs> I, I, I can verify that. We don't need an individual uh, or an independent invigilator to verify that. Both Kevin and I are on the WhatsApp group, and they were put up well in advance. And not only that, but winning bet slips were also used to verify <laughs> You <laughs> actually away, that, yeah. hold on. <laughs> so uh, it was a profitable day for you, Nam. In, in Nace, yeah, lovely, lovely. Good, Nace, day, yeah. good day. Yeah, getting the wheels back. A few difficult weeks, but getting the wheels back on 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 the wagon. Good stuff. So, both both yeah. you and Ken Peterson have gone up uh, markedly in uh, Tony Calvin's <laughs> estimations without a shadow of a doubt. Kev, how are you? Asher <laughs> Grand Barry. Yeah, yeah, no major complaints. Not you'd want to hear them. Right. OK, well, let's kick on straight into it, lads. We're going to do kind of rerun what we did around Good Friday. There was so much racing on that we just kind of picked highlights um, and best bets in that. There's obviously there's 13 races on ITV across Friday and Saturday. And then we've put an additional four races onto the running order from Punchestown, the grade ones from Punchestown. So just looking for the highlights really across those 17 races, guys. Uh, well, yeah, and in fairness, Barra, the, the feedback on Good Friday was very good to uh, to that format. So yeah, I'm keen to, keen to replicate it here and hopefully we'll get great feedback again. Yeah, despite a sample of one who said that they wish we'd talk about the 28 <laughs> races that were on that day, uh, we're, we're sticking with this format for this weekend. Uh, Brendan, we'll start with you because you fancy a moody one in the 205 on Friday up in Perth. Yes, just I, I, I didn't think he should be a double figure price, this Inish free lad, uh, an 11 year old granted, but you need um, miles in the legs for, for, for these races. He's a horse, he's in pretty good form. He, he won in Hereford four runs back, beating Duke de Beauchene. That looks like pretty decent form. Then he caught a tartar in that your own story next time up in Weatherby. Poor enough effort on penultimate start and plumped and I'll grant you, but I thought he bounced back well when a running on fifth in Cheltenham last time out, over three and a half miles. He gets an extra two and a half furlongs here. I think that'd be right up the street. Now, the handicapper is of the opinion that he, he should be racing off a pound lower. He's dropped him a pound for future races i think that's generous he doesn't get the benefit of it here tomorrow but i thought he had enough going for him to justify a modest wager at a double figure price yeah it's four places in that 205 in perth on the sports book and that is the highland national another another day another national the highland national this time around in perth at 205 and brendan fancies inish free lad for uh, david dennis written by tillo 
Theo Gillard. Uh, just remind everyone to offer this Saturday on the Betfair Sportsbook. Bet 10 on horse racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on horse racing multiples and watch out for the additional places throughout Saturday as well and throughout the week on the Betfair Sportsbook. The next, next race we're going to look at, lads, is the 225 in Sandown. That's the Gordon Richards Stakes. Kevin, you have a fancy here. Yeah, no, it's a race we have to talk about, Barry, because it's a, it's a proper one. Um, at AR, who like, like is a, is a world class horse in fairness, and he, and he makes a seasonal return here in a small field, but well, probably fair enough. We'll call it a match, Barry. We'll call it a match in ten fate. Adiar versus Amnat, um, and Adiar, like, geez, he's he's a high level operator, Barry. Um, obviously won the Derby in great style. Um, when Donna won it, won the King George, you know, and then he ran a massive race in the Arc, um, in twenty twenty one when he. He kind of came into it off an interrupted prep and was a bit over free and kind of got stuck into the race very early and just ran out of steam close home. Interrupted campaign again last season, but ended up running like a smasher in the in the British Champion Stakes, um, second to Bay Bridge again when not seeming to run the race overly efficiently. Um, and look, hopefully it seems like that he's returning in April, that they're getting a clearer run at him this year. Um, and he faces Amnat who is a horse that, that I put up a few times on the podcast last season. I've always liked him. Um, he finished up winning uh, Group 2 on on the Arc weekend there at Longchamp. But um, for all that, he is very progressive. And he, he starts the season off a mark of 118. Um, like, I would have a, a bigger gap between Adiar and Amnat than that £3 that there currently is on, um, on official ratings. Um, you know, Adiar, like, he, he is he's a world-class performer for me. And um, I'm thinking with this small field and hoping that they, they don't mess about too much now and just, just go and make the running with him. They might have a better chance of getting him settled um, in front rather than trying to have a wrestling match with him sitting in behind something off a steady pace. So um, I'm hoping Adiar will put away on that and it'll put him on track for a big campaign. Maybe maybe he'll come over for the Tats Gold Cup to the Curra in a month's time. That would be a smashing, uh, smashing race if that happened. So, yeah, Adiar to make a winning return for me, Bear. Can't wait to see him. Yeah, and Anman carries that penalty as well, which is against him. But there has been money from Kevin on the sportsbook. He's 15 day from 9 to 4, Anmat, and 4 to 6, Adiar. Um, Ryan Moore, incidentally, says about Regal Reality, he wouldn't want the ground any softer. And it seems to be getting very, very soft in sand. And I think it's mm. officially heavy at the moment. It's worth mentioning that. Uh, the next race we're going to talk about in Sandown, interestingly, is the three o'clock. It's the bet three, six, five mile. And each of you have a fancy in it. <laughs> and none of them are the same. What chances have our watchers got? What chance? We'll start with you, Brendan, in the uh, in, in this race, the, the, the three, six, five mile. Yeah, it looks a, it looks a really good race. I was interested in Muta Sabek. Uh, now, he does look to have it all to do rated 113 and having to concede a £3 penalty to 120 rated light infantry. Whether light infantry actually is a 120 horse, that, that, that that's open to some debate. But I like the tactical edge for Muta Sabek here because they changed tack on him uh, on his last run last season when he beat the very solid El Drama in Newmarket. They, they, they made the running for the first time. Uh, and, for, and first time blinkers which are retained here um, he's, he's still a relatively unexposed horse for, for, for a five year old 
Uh, he's only had 12 runs and he just didn't quite get the run of things last season. He won first time up in Perth. Actually, interestingly, he's won first time up on all of his three seasons. So, so, so no concern about that. That he probably should have won this race last year. He was a little bit unlucky in Epsom as well. I know it's a dangerous game to continue to make excuses for horses. Uh, he's won on heavy ground, albeit only a maiden, but of a soft ground in Thursk. He seems a ground versatile sort. He'll have that tactical edge. Charles Hills has them going well. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be completely shocked if the horse ended up being rated something around 120 by the time the season comes to a close. Okay, so Mustabak for um, Brendan. I'm going to bring you in here, Daryl, for your first contribution. It's the dead seven as well. So, uh, unfortunately, for each way punters, they couldn't muster eight runners here. But what do you like in it? Yeah, I'll, I like the chance of migration for David Manuzio. Obviously, won the Lincoln recently. I think if you're going to target sort of one of these early group races with a horse like that coming out of Handicap Company, this is the time of year to do it. Perhaps catching a couple of horses who are perhaps not straight first time up. Light Infantry was the obviously the horse that's making the market that I was looking at, who perhaps is, like Brendan said, not the 120 horse he's officially rated. Perhaps he's not going to be straight first time up. David Simcock, is, I think he's something like three for three winners from his last 50 runners that have been off 180 days or more. So I think you're taking a bit of a chance with this one returning to action at such a short price. I think he's priced up on the basis of that 120 official rating. Mutasarbet for me, um, sorry, Brendan, uh, but... He's a winner of one of his seven starts over a mile. I just wonder if the mile does stretch him. I wonder if it's at the very limit of his stamina. And this deep ground, I think, will find it out if if that is the case. And I thought it was a little bit muddling behind him. And I thought migration comes here with that run under his belt, that excellent run in the Lincoln. He's going to love the ground. Um, he's ran well on multiple occasions at this venue. And uh, he's just on an upward curve at the moment. So I thought migration was a fair enough price at around 15 to 2 on a sportsbook. Yeah. Good shout. Okay, 50 to 2, like you say, on the sports book at the moment. Kevin, which of the seven were you landing on? I, I've always liked light, light infantry. Um, bar long term listeners might recall. I think I think I napped him for Royal Ascot last season in the St. James's Palace at a massive price, and he didn't um he didn't turn up on the day due to the ground quickening up, but um, he showed later in the season that, that he was up to that sort of level. Like he ran a, a very sneakily good race in the 2000 Guineas last season and um, you know, built on that, he, he was second in the uh, the Prix Jean Pratt and went over to Deauville, back to Deauville again, and was a very close second in the Jacques de Marois. Um, Australian interests bought into him, and they went down to run in the Everest, which is you know one of these absolutely vulgar high price money races in Australia that they have. And he actually earned more money for finishing sixth in that than he would do for winning this group too back back in Britain. Um, it's worth absolutely wild money. Um, but look, he loves this ground. Um, I, I, I can understand the lads wondering about his official rating of 120, but you know, he's only had six runs. I don't think we've necessarily seen the full best of him yet. Um, I take Daryl's concerns about um Simcox coming off a break, but I would suspect that he'll drift. Um, I'm expecting he'll drift. I think he's been quite conservatively priced here. And with a couple of race fit rivals with, with form cases to be made for them, I suspect he will drift a bit. But um, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised now if he makes a winning return here. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Group 1 winner by the end of the season. OK, so it's migration putting the Lincoln form to the test for Daryl, Mutasabek for Brendan and Light Infantry for Kevin in the Bet365 mile. The next race we're going to talk about in Sandown is the 335. It's the classic trial. 
Uh, arrest is your market leader at six to four. Flying honors a nine to four chance, 130 salty bay, and it's six bar, six circles of fire. Relentless Voyager is a 10 to one chance, just the five runners in this. And uh, Brendan, you have a fancy here. Yes, I thought Salt Bay was the, the horse I was most interested in. One of back end Haydock Maiden and uh, Rafe. King Rafe decided to roll the big dice and set him to Song Clue for a group one, where he ran with great credit behind uh, Proud and Regal, a very solid stick, that Proud and Regal. Espionage, a close second in that race. I really rate him, although we haven't seen him since, but I, I think he's, he's a horse with a, with a big future. It's reasonable to think Salt Bay will take another step forward here from second to third run. He's one of the most unexposed horses in the race. Oh, oh, being in a race full of unexposed horses um <clears throat> he should appreciate the step up and trip now the heavy ground it was officially given as heavy in song clue i'm never really convinced about these french going descriptions but he's by far and far stuff generally like a bit of cut in the ground now this is going to be really taxing i mean it's heavy at the moment i think they're getting nine mils today or, or something so it might all be too much for him on, on his third start but i thought given the level of abilities already shown and the potential to step forward further i thought 130 was a perfectly fair price and brendan i just uh, in, in an effort to find out where salt bay is i typed it mm. into google there and all i got was results of the um the, what, what do we call him, Turkish celebrity chef Stolpe that turned up at the World Cup and <laughs> stole the trophy off Messi and uh, that that character. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just, they just you know, the guy up. that does the does the sprinkly salt on his yeah, over yeah, yeah. overpriced steaks. Yeah, yeah. I think if guy. you look at if you look at the breeding, Kevin, the the dam, the name might come from that maybe. Possibly. I know. Awesome. Nah, that's 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 a Google search I didn't need, but I know. Here we go. Could have been worse. Uh, Daryl, I see the Godolphin hat over your shoulder there. What are you liking here? Yeah, flying honours for me. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping if Salt Bay does win, we get to see Brendan doing a little bit of a celebration like that <laughs> on Twitter, perhaps. <laughs> that might be something to consider. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's a tentative selection, I've got to be honest, but it's a race I just wanted to highlight because it, it, is, it is useful going forward. Um, I wanted to take on a rest. I thought that flying honours and a rest form were pretty similar in spits and spats, but I thought that there was no pace in this race and I was hoping that they might switch back to front running tactics with flying honours. Um, he bolted up here, obviously back in July by nine wider in lengths. I thought he was really impressive. They haven't made the running with him since then. I've sort of sat him behind, but he's a real gutsy um, horse. He finds plenty for pressure and he's got a great attitude. And I thought he just might be hard to pass if he can get a soft lead out in the front end, which so many horses can be difficult to pass at Sandown. And uh, just thought that might be the angle in the pace angle. Excellent. Okay, thanks for that, Daryl. Uh, Kevin, there's a race you wanted to talk about is in um, Punchestown. Obviously, it's the champion novice. It's at six o'clock tomorrow, and you like one here? Yeah, look, look, Imperia Passe is, is obviously going to be super short, and um, we can see why, you know, as one of the big talking horses going to the Cheltenham, even if the, the form book didn't necessarily back it up, but he, he justified all the chat. He was very impressive. He absolutely smashed up Gaelic Warrior, who in turn came out and absolutely bolted up in the grade one the other day. So look, the form is all there. He'll be a very short price and the very best of luck to him. But look at the prices. Um, I, I do think high definition is interesting um, against him. It, like it, he, he ran a very interesting... Look, he, he's been a horse that's generated plenty of chit-chat this season, negative and positive. But um, when you look back at his run in the Supreme Novices, like I think it was quite a nice run. Um, his jumping... Um, which plenty of people had poked at was was good in the main, um, and I know JJ got off him and just felt the ground was too soft for him. And 
they're turning in. He he loses the lead and um, you know, it would have been easy to stop looking at him, assuming he was going to finish out the washing. But if you watch him up the run in, like he's actually coming home very well again um after the race is over in front of him. He's only beaten 10 lengths or so. Um so like, stepping up and trip is is interesting for sure. And this will be his first run over hurdles right-handed, which I think could potentially you know, he'd always give the impression that that would be a help to him because he seems to naturally um go a little bit right. Um, so I, I thought the market was quite dismissive of him at around 12 to 1 or so. Um, and look, while the, it'll be a big task to to beat the Fav, um, you know, as always, there's plenty of options. You could go the without Fav market. You could, it's not the world's most attractive each way market, but um, those options are there. Um, I think he'll outrun those odds. And it is Punchestown. It is the end of the season. You never know. Um, some of these hot pots can run below themselves. And high definition, hopefully. Um, will run above himself and go very well. Yeah, in Parry Pass is two to seven. Champ Kylie's five to one and it's 12 high definition, just two places, only the six runners there. But like Kevin said, in the next 12 hours or so, you'll have um, the without betting market up uh, for high definition in the first time, tongue tight and cheek pieces. That concludes Friday's racing, guys, and we'll move on to Saturday. The first race we're going to look at on Saturday is in Sandown. It's the last day of the national hunt season in the UK. Paul Nichols is going to be 14-time champion trainer. Um, I can't believe none of you have tipped any of his horses on Saturday. It's hard to believe, considering the ammunition he has and he's thrown at the dartboard. Uh, under control in the 105 it's the the novice championship final uh it's always a really really hot race under control in the colors of jp mcmanus is your favorite at three to one four kill alone out of the three nickels runners in the race he reckons that's the one that's best handicapped uh, harry cobden takes the ride there and Pericle lord is a 13 to 2 chance eight to one bo balco another nickels runner nine celtic art and it's 10 barred there uh brendan you have a fancy here yeah, well, uh, I've got a bit watery now with you telling me about these well handicapped horses ridden by Harry Cobden, but we, we, we'll go with this. We'll go with Celtic Art, uh, who who I also think is well handicapped. I mean, bear in mind this this was a ninety horse on well high eighties anyway on, on on the flat, and he could be quite keen in his races. He seems a much more tractable sort over hurdles. Two wins in, uh, over over two miles in Wincanton, one of them a maiden hurdle. He then conceded the penalty to a stack of future winners. Uh, over the same course and distance uh, in in February, um, that 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 race was probably most noticeable for that Matata running off the track. But 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 the form has worked out well, suggesting a mark of 120 isn't onerous, which would make sense given he was a 90 horse on on the flash. Uh, he's probably been put away for this valuable prize since then. I see the sports book are keeping him outside at nine to one. I, I I can definitely see why. I I expect him to run a big race, and I'd be surprised if he's out of the five right okay and it is five places to each way punters daryl you have a fancy here as well yeah very similar angle to brendan really and going with uh dan Siller for fergal o'brien big price 25 to 1 on the sports book things cracking each way bet um absolutely bolted up at muscle on his first start for, for fergal um was a 90 rated flat horse for jim bolger over in ireland and just absolutely dotted up at muscle in a scottish supreme novice trial um and just one was so much in hand. But the interesting thing about that was was just the time figure of the of the race. It was the fastest two-mile circuit time on the card, and that includes Affadil, who won the juvenile listed later on in the card, who's rated 128. I reckon that they've been minding this horse for the last couple of starts, just keeping in mind, perhaps for this race here, this is worth a, a lot of money, a big, big pot. Um, but you just go back and watch the last couple of runs. He's been very tenderly handled, and... Uh, 
there's there's something about this horse just given the way he won at Musselburgh with that flat rate of 90 I think a mark 120 could end up underestimating considerably excellent and a nice price as well into the bargain Dan Silla for Daryl and Celtic Art for Brendan onto the second race in Sandown on Saturday it's a cracker it really is it's the uh, Bet365 Celebration Chase it's grade one Grenatine has won it for the last two years looking for a third win in the race but John Bond's your favourite his first time stepping into open company uh, he's an 11 to 10 chance 9 to 4 Grenatine Edward de Gigi's 11 to 2 6 Captain Guinness and 33 Funnibald Savola just the five runners Kevin you like one here I do. And actually, j- just before I go on, um, Paul Nichols has grenatine here, Barry. And I just think it's mad just to highlight something. Paul's going to break his record for prize money in a season this right. season. I think that's bananas. Like, I was just looking there. His, his record setting season was 2008 9 when he had Cotto Star, Masterminded, Big Bucks, Denman. And like, his biggest earner this year has been Pick Dory. Like it's it's some achievement, like because you couldn't say he's littered with firepower. Like in terms of maximizing what you have, like you'd have just I just thought I'd say fair play to him. So I thought that's quite impressive. Um, Grenatine could add to it, um, could add to it for him here. Um, I'm I'm I want to take on John Bon. Um, I was uh, I was itching to take him on at Aintree. Unfortunately, most of his opposition um, melted away in non-runners, and he ended up going off two to eleven. Um, and they're backing him up here quickly. Um, into open company, and he's fav. So, look, the very best to look to him. Um, it's not the fact that he's a novice or anything like that. I just, I, I, I think it's a tough enough ask now um, for for a horse like him to have four runs in in you know the bones of whatever it is since the 11th of February. You know, that's that's he doesn't appeal as as the world's most robust horse. So I'll take him on on that basis. And editor De Geet was the one that I thought might make them work. Um, he was a maybe a shade disappointing in the Champion Chase, but this is a different setup here. Um, and prior to that, he'd be very good um, at Cheltenham and at Kempton um, and, you know, all the way successes. Um, Captain Guinness kind of left him to it at Cheltenham. So hopefully he'll he'll leave him to it here. And, um, yeah, I just thought that he might have something of the element of surprise back in his favour. And it might give him a little bit too much rope and he might make the best use of it. So I thought he was a very reasonable price there around the six to one mark. Lovely. Interesting you're taking on John Bond. That's uh Plenty of people will be looking to to get with him, I'm sure. Daryl, I know he's an old favourite of yours uh, going back. Old favourite I've always been against, but <laughs> always been against John Bond. But uh, I, I would I'd be with him on this occasion. Um, I think there's a key piece of, of form for the for this race, and that's uh, uh, when John won, John Bond won the uh, Henry VIII back in December. Grenatine obviously ran on the card in the Tingle Creek. Um, look, John Bond set his own fractions that day, and you know, had the race pretty much to himself. If you compare it to the Tingle Creek run later on the card, he was something like 12 lengths off of Edward Stone, who was at the rear of the field of that Tingle Creek, coming to the pond fence. But the closing sectional that he clocked from the pond fence to the finish line was absolutely outstanding. Um, now, you could probably argue that, well, John Bond went a lot slower on the circuit time, so it was allowed him to, to clock that better closing sectional. But when you marry everything up, um, I think John Bond comes out on top. And uh, I, I just think... While I've always been against him, I just think this could be right up his street if the ground stays on the quicker side. And uh, I would be with him on this occasion. 
Yeah. Okay. Graham, Graham must be a concern there, though. Surely, because I, I think they have had plenty, or they're they're due plenty of rain. I think it's to be dry Friday, but tonight I think they're due more rain. So it's a watch and brief on the ground as well. I suppose we haven't got TC here for weather watch. Unfortunately, he would have given us it down to the millimeter how much has fallen and how much is likely to fall. Anyway, we'll kick on to the two fifteen. It's the big race. It's the uh, Gold Cup, the three six five Gold Cup. It's over just shy of three mile five furlongs. Kitty Light's your favorite. Six places to each way punters on the Betfair Sportsbook. 11 to 4. Kitty's Light looking for back to back or uh, winning this, having won the big race last Saturday. The Scottish National Rebels Hill is 11 to 2. It's seven to Guffer and Rillo, who Nichols says in his piece on betting.betfair that he's never had the horse as well as this. Uh, last time he had it this well was when. He won the race, but got thrown out in the Stewart's room um, there a couple of years ago. He's 15 to 2, and Sam is 9 to 1, and it's 12 bar. Kevin, you have a fancy here. Yeah, look, I, I was hovering around in Rillo a bit, but um, just recent efforts now just really wouldn't set you like the handicappers given a chance. And look, if you if you want to put your fate in Nichols that he has got a Mac right, um, there's definitely a case to be made for him. But look, I, I think the obvious one is the best one here. Um, like Kitty's Light, we know has been a very well handicapped horse in recent starts and exploited it um, in, in great style and, and, and for big pots. And because of the conditions of this race, gets in here without a penalty for winning the Scottish National in a, like in very authoritative style um, last weekend. It's now you have to go back a little bit, but the horse has backed up quickly before um, and, and done well. So look, if um, as long as Christian's happy, which one assumes he is, and if if he isn't, he'll pull him in the meantime. Um, I, I think he, he he can have another big day here. Like the horse is absolutely booming. I thought it was in, interesting and significant that he mentioned um, that the horse did a piece of work prior to the Scottish National. Like that was the best bit of work he'd seen from him in a year. Like he's clearly just booming and at the height of his powers. And I don't think he had a, a super hard race, to be honest, last time there. And look, the cheek pieces stay on. And yeah, look, he'll be a short hold price for a race like this, but some training performance, Kevin, it from Christian. Yeah, yeah, well, look, he's exploiting the system that's there, you know, like we, we've seen it all season. The hand, if you if you if you run your handicap chaser, um, when they're not in tip top form, the, the handicapper will do plenty for you, uh, and he duly did for this for this horse through the season. And when he's come back right at the back end, back up and trip, he's absolutely boomed. And I think he might boom again on Saturday for a, a very, a very lucrative, uh, whatever it is, six or seven weeks. So, yeah, we'll see how he goes. But I, I think he'll he'll be short, and he won't be for everyone. But, um, yeah, I, I, I could see it happening again. Yeah, Kitty's life for Kevin in the big race at at two fifteen in Sandown on Saturday. On to the two fifty. It's the Oxy Chase. It's a Grade Two. Hewick, Hewick is favourite at five to four. Um, Rachel Blackmore takes the ride on that. For Shark Hanlon, uh, El Dorado Allen is nine to two. Solo five to one. First flow eight to one. Same price as McFabulous, and it's ten to one. Bar Solo an interesting one here. Obviously, his form in the pendle has worked out well. With that's all right, Gino winning last weekend, and it's a he's a horse that uh, Paul Nichols has always kept in the highest esteem. But Kevin, you fancy one here at the head of the market? Yeah, Hewitt's different class, isn't he? Uh, like he's just different class to these. Like, they, they, like, look. I, I don't know if you've heard the story, Barry, but he only cost eight hundred and fifty euros. This fella. <laughs> no, I never heard that. <laughs> Tell us that. 
<laughs> oh, it's a long story, Bart. It's a long story, but it's a good story. Uh, very, very underexposed. Um, but he, he, he's, he's a deadly horse. In fairness to him, like, like America was great, but you know what he did in the Galway Plate, what he was probably going to do in the 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 Kerry National, and like he was running some race in the Gold Cup. In fairness to him, like on ground that would have been too soft for him, really. Like he was hanging in there really well, and he's going to get back on his favourite ground here. Um, shorter trip, but I wouldn't mind that. You know, he, he won a Galway Plate less than a year ago. You know, you don't, you don't get away with lack of pace at the trip to win a Galway Plate. So, um, that, like I think he, he'll march. Yeah, and look, he's fresher than most of these. He had a big break prior to the Gold Cup, so like I could see him winning this by a margin, to be honest. Um, I, I know Shark isn't exactly. Um, <laughs> Running winners, in fact, he'll be he'll appear he'll appear on a cold list somewhere, I'm sure. But um, given the way this fellow was shaping up in the Gold Cup, I think he's perfectly fine. And and yeah, I, I could see him winning this by 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 a margin. Interesting, Daryl. I I just thought like he he does look the class act in the race, and obviously official ratings will tell you that you don't need to be a genius to work it out. But do you not think he got an absolute perler in 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 Cheltenham? Does that leave its mark psychologically on a horse? Yeah, I mean it, it could do. Uh, but this is this is such a such a dropping grade, isn't it? In, in comparison to, you know, if he would have stayed on his feet, he's finishing what fifth at best in uh, fifth at worst in the Gold Cup. I mean, I thought it was a tired fall. He was on the front end of a very very strong pace for for you know most of that contest, and uh, this is just back into Carmel Wars. I was hoping one of the lads would actually try and put my fire out a little bit because um, I'm tempted to to responsibly tip the wheelbarrow on this because look, he's twelve he's twelve pounds clear you know such as the penalty system for this race he's 12 pounds clear here he's got that course win he's, the ground's probably going to be in his favor like sure like his last four rprs have been in the 160s you know you can't say that about any other horse in this race and jesus it just like he's got everything in his favor here i'm surprised he's not even as a shade of odds on 10 to 11 he could be come tomorrow you will be so if i'm my way <laughs> <laughs> listen we'll kick on to the 305 where you daryl i'm staying with you you have a fancy in it the 305 in leicester that is oh yeah it's, it's a tentative vote um but i, I do want to give him a mention because I, I do like this horse uh, it's, it's dashing roger um for william stone look it does take a big big leap of faith to back this horse i've got to be honest with you he's got duck eggs and a seven by his name he's not been seen for 204 days but this horse needs a small field and um Ideally soft ground, and ideally, if I had the choice for track, it would be Leicester. So he gets all three of those in here. Um, he, he's well handicapped. Look, he reached a rate of 104 um, 12, 14 months ago. He's just not been seen to good effect in these big handicaps off big weights, and he, it's just not him. I'm just hoping that a bit of a freshen up 200 days off the return to Leicester, a bit of soft ground, and hopefully he can dictate the field. Just might see him outrun his big odds here because I'm not entirely convinced that anything is extremely well handicapped in the field other than him. So we'll bit of, we'll have a bit of luck with Edzini on board. Um, he could just outrun those 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 odds. Excellent. So watch out for him, Dash and Roger in the 305 in Lesser Course and Distance winner there. In the 345 in Haydock, I'm going to stay with you, Daryl, because you fancy one. It's the seven furlong handicap. Which hunter is your favorite? There's no prices actually up at the moment. Uh, they've just come down on my screen. But uh, you were fancying something in this race. Yeah, Boardman is the excuse me it's the horse that, that are like um he's got a 50 percent record here at haydock this is going to sound really stupid but the, the the key to this horse is that he needs to be running off a bend um he doesn't like straight tracks he likes to swing around off a bend and sort of sit there and pounce and uh 
he didn't get that in the Lincoln last time. He's normally got a great record second time out. He's very well handicapped. He won this race last year. He doesn't mind what the ground will do. And uh, I think he'll be underestimated. I can see he was around eight to one, which is more, more than fair in my opinion, but loves Haydock. And uh, this is, this is uh, everything's right for him today. Yeah. He's an eight to one chance. The price is uh, betting for the field. Biggles is a four to one chance. Spy catcher, same price. Rainbow fire, 13 to two, seven months is at Boardman eight and it's 10 bar. Um, a lot of really well-exposed horses in there, Brendan. You fancy one here that might a trainer, a trainer upgrade, maybe a trainer uplift might eke out a bit of improvement there. Well, 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 I would agree with you. I mean, in fairness, Charlie Hills, I put up Muda Sabek, he has them going well, and he is a good <laughs> trainer. But um, I, I like you really, Ray David O'Mara, um, and uh, he's he, he's done very well in the past with picking up these horses, the horses and training set. So I'll pick this one up for 35 grand. It looks cheap. Now, last, last season fell asunder a bit for him. Like he, he, he came out, he won on debut in a conditions race in Newmarket. Um, uh, he was rated 87. They absolutely did. Well, this is a, a black mark against Charlie as they blew the handicap mark that day because the official assessor decided he was worth 105 after it. Now, that... I'm not sure he, he he was he was right there. Although he did run a close fourth in a listed race in Leicester and or in Chester, should I say? And Misty Gray was second, and Oscula was third. And he wasn't far behind them. They're they're a couple of very solid um, stakes performers. So the, the 105 mightn't have been massively wrong. Uh, things just, I, I mean, he was disappointing then on his last two starts. So may, maybe he's had problems. And Charlie Hills was happy to offload him for 35 grand. But Omar has gelded him. He's in here off a mark of 95. So whatever about the 105, he's definitely capable of striking off 95. They're trying to get their 35 grand back in one fell swoop. This is a valuable prize. And I imagine he's being targeted at it. But there's a snag. There's always a snag, Barry, isn't there? <laughs> so this horse has only run once on soft ground. Now, it was the back end of his two-year-old campaign in Pontefract. Pontefract's a funny L track. And it, it might have been nothing to do with the ground. But he hasn't run on it since, so, so there might be something in that. And there's only a couple of mills around uh, Thursday and Friday in Haydock, but they're due to get nine mills on the Saturday. And you know when it rains on the day in that place, it can be like it, it can be like the psalm. However, we know that David O'Mara is a proper trainer. David O'Mara knows he has a well-handicapped horse. He knows there's going to be other prizes down the line that he can get their 35 grand back in one fell swoop. So if David O'Mara decides that the ground is good enough for this horse to run, I will take a chance of 14 to 1. Okay, good case well made. And I wasn't being dismissive at all of Charlie Hills there, but David O'Mara does have an ability to eke out improvement oh, in some of those uh, handicappers that he gets out of other yards. So uh, kudos to him for that. The last race we're going to talk about, Brendan, I'm staying with you because it's the 350 in Punchestown. It's the Mayor's Champion Hurl. Uh, at the moment, I've no prices here, but you like one in the race. Well, I mean... So it, it, ju just looking at a, a, a guesstimate from some, some of the firms that, that are up, it looks like it's going to be seven to four Love Envoy and nine to two Queen's Brook. And I just thought that maybe there was a little bit too much between the two of them because there's no doubt that Love Envoy had a tactical advantage in Cheltenham. Now she's four lengths in front of Queen's Brook, so that's not nothing to, 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 to make up. But I have a half a hunch that Elliot might change tactics on Queen's Brook here because they had her entered in the Stairs race. 
uh, on, on Thursday, but they've decided to come here instead. Now, looking at this on paper, it looks like Love Envoy is going to get another solo. And I don't think they can let her do that. She's a talented mare. And to give her a tactical advantage would probably be too much. So I'll put my faith in the boy, Elliot, to say to Keith Donoghue, make sure that you're at least upsized Love on Wild away. We know this mare has bags of stamina and we're not going to let this turn into a sprint. Um, I, 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 she's, she's disappointed a couple of times this season, slightly at, at, at short prices, but she's had two huge runs in the spring at the last two Cheltenham festivals. She didn't get a chance to run at the Town Festival last year for whatever reason. I think she is a slightly better mare in the spring. And I think with a change in tactics, it, I, I think she'll get closer to Love Envoy. And, and, you know, at nine to two, I thought she was a fair bet in the race. Yeah, you wanted to take a chance. Keith Donahue getting the ride for the first time on her very capable jockey is Jaxie. All that's left, lads, is to get the naps off you. Daryl, I think you showed your hand early. Yeah, I, I think I... <laughs> Uh, Hewick, Hewick at Sandown in the two fifty. Unless anyone's going to put me fire out, and you're a price. You're a price taker of five to four, yeah. Oh, absolutely, but absolutely cool. Okay, Kev, what are you looking at the weekend? What's the the Blake bundles going on? Hewick just wins. Oh, happy mm. days, right? Double up there. Wasn't expecting that. And Brendan, over to you. Yes, I mean, I, I suspect the lads are right. I, I couldn't dampen Daryl's fire at all, but you need young nerves to be betting at those prices, don't you, Bar? The lads have them. I don't. So I will take a chance on that Celtic art in the 105 at Sandown on Saturday. You'll know your fate early on Saturday, Brendan. 105 Celtic art for Brendan. Um, lads, just to remind everyone, the offer this Saturday on the Betfair Sportsbook, bet 10 on horse racing multiples and get a free £10 bet. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with Wade in. It's a bank holiday, but the lads will be soldiering on throughout. No bank holidays, as Kevin said, for people working in horse racing. So uh, they'll be kicking on with all the hot topics. I expect the white paper, which was launched today, will be first and foremost on the running order uh, for Monday. But in the meantime, please gamble responsibly. Don't forget the offer. Bet 10 on horse race multiples and get a free £10 bet on horse race multiples. Daryl, thank you very much for joining us at such short notice. It's greatly appreciated. And thanks for your contribute con- contributions. Thanks for having me, mate. Top man. Kevin, talk to you on Monday. And Brendan, talk to you on Monday. Enjoy Sheffield, where I believe you're heading, uh, Brendan. Yes, yes, I'm going to do the World's uh, Snooker Championship. I, uh, I, I've never I've never been before. I've never actually been to a snooker tournament on, on, until this season. But now I've been to Belfast. Uh, I've been to London for the Masters, which is which is a hell of a venue. Actually, the only snag is I nearly died walking up that hill to get to it. So hopefully Sheffield will be Ali less silly. Yeah, yeah, Ali Pali is savage, a savage pull up that hill. Uh, <laughs> but you, you assure me that Sheffield is a city worth visiting. Oh, it's a fantastic city. Yeah, really great right. city. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Have a great time. Okay, lads, thanks very much. Don't forget, gamble responsibly, and we'll be back on Monday with Wayne in. Thank you.